Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. family. And uh, hey, if you got your Bible, head over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. That's where we're going to be today. 2 Corinthians 1. And um, hey, we are baptizing a lot of people in uh, services today on baptism weekend. And so what that means is I got to be a little shorter than usual, which means you got to listen a little faster than usual. Okay. And so we're going to get right into it now. Um, we're going to start out like this. Everybody do this. Turn, turn to your neighbor real quick. Turn to your neighbor and tell them the greatest words that anyone can ever hear say, you look like you've lost weight. Do it right now. That's it, man. Just do it. That's, that's, a, that's a joke, by the way. That's a joke. Not real. Now, all right, now. That's good. That's good. Y'all are chatty. Come back to me. Back to me. Back to me. Okay. Now, husbands, turn to your wives and tell them the second greatest words that uh, a wife can hear. And just tell them this. Say, I got the kids this Friday night. Right now. Say it. I got the kids on Friday. I got the kids on Friday. And here, here's why I say that. <laughs> Y'all real chatty. It's real chatty. Here's why I say that. Uh, because women's night coming up this Friday night, um, guys, you know, obviously we want our ladies there. It's going to be refreshing. It's going to be encouraging. We're going to fill them up with God's word and, and encourage them. Uh, but listen, them being able to get there, that's, half, that's your job. And, and so uh, you just need to go, hey, babe, I got the kids. Why don't you go, you be refreshed, you be encouraged, and uh, make sure they can do that. And so ladies, last chance you can uh, text the word events to the number 20411, and we will see you this Friday night at Women's Night. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Well, here's why this week we are in the final week of a series um, that we've just been calling Life Hacks. Life Hacks, and uh, it's a very practical series where we're looking at the, what the Bible says about how to address like some really common issues um, in life. And uh, man, leading into um, uh, sermon prep this week, I came across a story. Um, it's a true story, an article in a Florida newspaper. Okay, totally true story. And uh, true story is uh, uh, in this newspaper, this guy was working on his motorcycle on his patio. And as he's working on uh, his motorcycle, sunny day on the patio, he decided to rev the engine. And then unbeknownst to him, the engine slipped into gear. He didn't let go of the handlebars fast enough. It crashed right through the windows and into his living room. And so, uh, uh, you know, motorcycle on the floor. His wife walks in, runs in. She sees him bleeding, motorcycle over here, gasoline everywhere. And, uh, and so she calls the paramedics. The paramedics come and, uh, and to, to haul the guy, the guy off. And uh, according to the newspaper article, there was um, some stone stairs that they had to go up on a hill leading up to the house. And so they get the guy and they uh, haul him off to the hospital. Well, as they haul him off, um, his wife looks around. She's like, man, this, this is a mess. 
And so just real quick, she starts like cleaning um, up the mess. And so she uh, sees all the gasoline on the floor of the living room and the patio, grabs a bunch of toilet paper, wipes up all the gasoline, and then puts the gasoline-soaked toilet paper into the toilet. Okay, now, let me all see where this is going. So she goes to the hospital, and then they both come home. The husband walks in, having just got back from the hospital. This is the same day. He walks in and he's despondent. He's like, my motorcycle's messed up. My living room's all jacked up. And so, uh, and so he just decides in his despondency, you know what I need to do? I'm gonna go in the bathroom and smoke a cigarette. And so, uh, yeah, so he walks in, he lights his cigarette and, and kind of sits down. And then when he's done, he just decides that he's gonna flick the cigarette in between his legs into the toilet. Exactly. And as soon as he did, boom, you know, combustion underneath him, toilet blows up, gasoline lights on fire. And his wife runs in again for the second time in a single day. And she sees her husband over here, his pants over there. He's got burns all over his body. And so she calls the paramedics. (laughs) The same paramedic crew gets dispatched to come back to the house. Same guys. They get there and, uh, you know, they, they get the guy on the stretcher. And they ask the wife, what happened? And she explains it to them as they're walking with him on the stretcher down the stone stairs, uh, you know, on the hill outside. She explains it. They start laughing so hard that they drop the guy on the stone stairs and he breaks his arm. Now, that is a bad day. And what we will be talking about today is pain. Pain is what we'll be talking about today. Now, um, here's what I know just as a pastor is that not everybody's going through the same thing, but everybody's going through something. I know that. And and just to be really honest with you, um, you know, what I know from the Bible and from human experience is that everyone in this room, you have something you're walking through that you're not sure you can endure. Either you're walking out of a season of pain you are in a season of pain or you are walking into a season of pain. Everyone is in one of those categories. Welcome to Lake Point. Yeah, we have great news for you. Now, here's what I wanna do. Um, just like a good builder, builders often have to, have to blast something out before they can build something up. Um, there's something I gotta blast out real quick. Some of you have been sold a lie and let me tell you, and I say use the word sold on purpose. You've been sold a lie, and I just want to address and blast out the lie. Here's the lie you've been told. The lie is this. Becoming a Christian is your ticket to a low-maintenance, hassle-free life. That's a lie. It is nowhere in the Bible. Now, let me speak the truth to you, because again, the the first part of this message, you may go, man, Josh, that's not very very, very happy and positive. Listen, my job isn't isn't always to tell you what makes you feel good. It's to tell you what this thing says. And so watch this. Here's the truth. I just want to speak it to you before I get to the good news. Here's the truth. Straight from First Tim, uh, Second Timothy 3. Now I want you to say the yellow words out loud, real loud with me. So how does it start? What's it say? Everyone. Okay, now answer me a question. Are you an everyone? Yeah, good job. That's good. It says everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will what? Will suffer. That's right. Suffer persecution. Now you may be going, well, why is that? Well, here, here's why. Because guys, when you became a Christian and you transferred from darkness to light, from death to life, from sin to forgiveness, when you did that, 
you didn't just gain a spiritual father, you gained a spiritual enemy. I heard somebody say one time that the birthmark of a believer is a bullseye. That the second you become a Christian, now you've got an enemy that's, that's a, by the way, that's a very real spiritual force. An enemy the Bible calls the devil. And his whole job, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything good in your life. Everything wonderful you'll ever experience. And the Bible says that what he does is he wants to wage war primarily through lies. Wage war against the people of God. Now you may hear that and you may go, hey, well Josh, if that's true, like, why, why would anybody want to become a Christian? Why would anybody want to follow Jesus? Well, guys, I, I, listen, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I love this saying. Listen, man, we don't follow Jesus because he makes life better. We follow Jesus because he's better than life. Like, that's the whole thing is we, we, just, we want Jesus. It, it, we, we want Jesus. So, so this is the thing, man. So that, that's the lie. That's the truth. Now, uh, what I want, to, want you to see today, the guy that we're going to learn from is a guy that the Bible calls the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. Now, what you got to know about Paul is he started, when we first meet him in the Bible, he's like a religious extremist terrorist. So his job is to walk around and kill Christians. Um, but then he has this radical experience with the living God, and it changes him. Like, it just changes him. And after that experience, he spends the rest of his life, and God uses that guy to plant churches all over Northern Africa and, and, uh, and Western Europe and, and all, all these areas. And, uh, and so this is what he does. And so watch this. Paul starts his life killing Christians. He ends his life being killed as a Christian. And so Paul was like a really, really righteous, God-honoring man for the last part of his life. But Paul experienced pain, like a lot of pain. Now, um, what Paul does in this 2 Corinthians passage we're getting ready to read is he lists his, essentially, his pain resume. Now, here's what you're going to figure out real quick. Uh, Paul's got a better pain resume than you, okay? So check this out. Here's his list. Here's Paul's list. And you compare his list to your list, Paul's going to win. He's going to win. That's what he says. He says, hey, I worked much harder. I've I've done longer hours. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been beaten and exposed to death again and again and again. That's, that's, not, that's, that's rough. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. In Paul's day, they thought that 40 lashes would kill you. And so if they wanted to inflict the maximum amount of pain without it being a death sentence, they gave you 39, okay? Now, Paul experienced that five times, okay? Five times over, Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. By the way, that always cracks me up. Three times I was shipwrecked. After one time getting shipwrecked, I'm like, bro, get a bike. Like, dude, he's like, three, I'd be like, I'm done with boats. Paul's like, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. That's not fun. I've been constantly on the move. Now, it lists his danger resume. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles. He says, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. Guys, middle name is danger. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. And all the parents of newborns just, oh, I feel your pain, man. It's Paul. But then he says, I've known hunger and thirst. I have often, by the way, this may be the worst one, you know, my, he says, I've often gone without food. I, I'm out. He's hangry. I have been cold and naked. Bad combo. Besides everything else, 
I've made, now, this is a little public therapy, just real quick. Paul says this. He says, hey, all that's tough. All that's tough. But Paul says, you know the hardest part, hardest thing I've ever experienced? Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Now, I just want to point this out, all right? If Paul can't avoid pain, I don't think you can either. So I want to say this to you one time, how somebody said it to me. Listen to me, guys. Everyone, everyone experiences pain. Everyone. The problem is that most people squander their suffering. They don't know how to profit from their problems. They don't know how to harvest their hurts. And what you're going to figure out is that believers who grow, they're the ones who, who they figure out how to learn from their losses. They're the ones who, who know how to gain from their pain. And because of that, they spend their whole life getting better instead of getting bitter. Okay, now, we, we, we're calling this series Life Hack, and we're talking about the problem of pain. So I want to remind you, here's what a life hack is. It's when you solve a complex problem with a simple, unexpected solution. So a hack is when you go, man, I didn't know I could solve that problem with that thing. Well, let me go ahead and give away the whole sermon. Here's what the Bible teaches about hacking pain. You hack pain with purpose. That's what the Bible says. You hack pain with purpose. Now, let me um, explain something to you about yourself that you may not know, okay? Here's what you may not know. Some of you may go, man, Josh, what I really can't stand is pain. Not true. Actually, you can stand pain. In fact, I'm gonna show you in a second. Actually, sometimes you'll intentionally sign up for pain. Your issue isn't that you can't stand pain. Here's what you can't stand. You can't stand purposeless pain. We can actually endure and even, uh, even volunteer for enormous amounts of pain as long as we know there's a purpose in that pain. I'll give you an example of this. Uh, anybody ever known somebody did CrossFit? <laughs> Uh, here, here's my, you know, and I'll, this is my little, I love saying this all the time. You, you, know how, you know how to tell somebody does CrossFit? Don't worry, they'll tell you. They're going to tell you, man. So you, you don't, you don't you, you, you'll know, okay? Well, I, I tried CrossFit for a little season of my life, and uh, I figured out real quick, man, that, that's, these people, they are paying somebody to inflict pain on them. Because you like walk in, and it's like, well, here's what we're doing today, guys. 400,000 burpees. And then 67 loop-de-doo-de-doos. And they got all these names for different things. And we're just swinging ropes and everything like that. And, and you get into it and you realize, man, these people are literally paying someone to inflict pain on them. But, but watch this. They gladly do it as long as the pain has got a purpose. They want abs. Now, now listen, I'd love to have abs. But for me, that's the difference between want and need. I want abs, but I need tacos. You know, it's like, that's it. That's great. That's it. Well, you feel me over here. That's it, man. So, so you see, we, we will endure enormous amounts of pain as long as we know it's got a purpose. Now, that one may hit some, maybe more of the guys. Let me do one from the ladies. Um, guys, think, think about women that endure uh, pregnancy, labor, and delivery. Okay? Now, I just want to be real honest. Um, Jana and I, we got applause over here because somebody's like, I don't know how y'all do it, man. Standing ovation. But Jana and I, we, we never personally experienced this. We, that just wasn't in our story. We adopted all three of our children. Um, and, and so here's what I need, okay? Now, here at the Rockwall campus, y'all aren't used to this. I'm here in a second. I'm gonna need you to shout some things at me and y'all gotta talk back. And listen, y'all gotta get better at this or I'm gonna go preach at Town East because they'll do it over there, okay? So, so, so help me out, okay? Here we go. I need you to help me out. I'm, I'm gonna ask you to shout a word 
that describes a thing, just one word, and I need you to do it loud because this is a big room, okay? So y'all gotta help me out. Ladies in the room, I need you to loudly shout to me, what's a word that describes the first trimester, okay? Somebody said nausea, sick. Say yes, I'm gonna go with nausea. So that, that's, so first trimester, nausea. Now let, let's go, let's go up a notch. Okay, lady, you tell me. Uh, you describe for me the inexperienced man. What's the sec- second trimester word? Okay, come on, what is it, huh? Real loud. Yeah, somebody just said misery. Say so that's it, misery, man. So we, so that's it. So we went from tired to misery. Okay, this is what we just did. Now let's let, let's go full send. Okay, third trimester. What are we experiencing? Somebody said hell. This is what I just heard. Hell. Okay, so we went tired, misery, hell. Okay, so first trimester beast. Second trimester, false prophet. Third trimester, antichrist. This is what you got. That's what you just did. Now, and that, like, y'all, that's before delivery. That's before anything is coming out of anything else. Now, again, Jan and I, we never experienced this personally, but Jana was invited into the room for the delivery of one of her friends. Now, so when Jana described this to me, y'all, that's insane. It's like a, a scene out of Alien. You know, stuff's flying out and blood and flesh and they're snipping tips and everything's going on. And then after all, they just hang out, just track with me. I'm just being real. And then after that, they take the kid and they, you know, all bloodies and they put him in the little McDonald's emergency, keep the French fries hot machine and put him in there. And, and all, but, but listen, after all that pain, all that stuff, but then there's that moment where they take that newborn baby that you've been waiting to see for nine months and, and they place them on your chest and you get that big old whiff of baby. You got that smell, you know? And in that moment, do you know what you think? You think, worth it. Worth it. Now, can I prove something to you about, uh, you can go through pain as long as it's got a purpose. Can I prove something real quick? Okay, where are all the ladies that, that delivered? Where you at? If you had babies, where you at? Okay, you went through delivery. Yeah, somebody's like, yes, okay, that's you, good job. Okay, now let, let, let me, let me kind of prove something real quick. By show of hands, how many of you want to volunteer to go through that again for no reason? Okay, that's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. In fact, somebody said, nope, that's it. Now, you see, we can endure enormous amounts of pain as long as it's got a purpose. But if pain doesn't have a purpose, we're out. We can't do it. Guys, can I tell you something from the, from the scriptures? What the Bible teaches is that God does not always immediately remove pain but he does always redeem pain. There is a purpose for your pain. And I'm gonna show you in the Bible that every time you experience pain, no matter what type of pain you're experiencing, God is always working at least two purposes in your life. And I wanna show you what they are. So here we go. Purpose number one, whatever pain you're experiencing, purpose number one is God uses pain to teach us to rely on him. He uses pain to teach us to rely on him. Now, I'm gonna read you another verse and I need you to, again, I need you to say out loud the yellow words with me because I wanna highlight something. And then up, up there in the booth, I need you to come back to this when I'm done and keep it up here, okay? It says, we were under great pressure, far what? Far beyond our ability. Now bookmark that in your head and that's what I want y'all in the booth to come back to. Beyond our ability so that we despaired of life itself. 
Indeed, we felt we'd received the sentence of death, they said. But watch this. But this happened, what, what, this happened so that. So you're going, hey, but it had a purpose. There was a reason this happened. And here's the reason it happened so that we might not, what we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Now go back to that last one. Now I want to point something out real quick. You guys know how um, Christians, Christians have all these little sayings that they'll say, and they're like cute. People stick them on coffee cups and doilies, and and some of them are kind of annoying. Uh, but but like, um, I'll give you an example of this. Have you ever seen a church sign? And the church sign, they'll say something like this. They'll say, no Jesus, so N-O Jesus. Like, no Jesus, like, ah. Uh. No Jesus, no joy. It's like, bad thing. And then in the next line, it goes, no Jesus, K-N-O-W, K-N-O-W. So no Jesus, no joy. So no Jesus, no joy. But then no Jesus, no joy, you know? That's what I said, okay? You understand what I'm talking about? Okay, that's it. Okay, that's a great little saying. Listen, that's cute, but it's not true. It's not true. There are a lot of things you can enjoy without Jesus. Y'all, bluebell tastes good whether you're saved or not. There's a lot of things you can enjoy without Jesus. So, so watch this. There, let me give you another one that's like, man, people say it all the time, but when Christians say it, it's not true. Have you ever been going through a hard time and a, a well-meaning but very annoying uh, Christian friend, they'll walk up to you, they'll put their hand on your shoulder and they'll say, oh man, oh, oh brother, that's how they talk. Oh, brother, or oh, sister. I'll say, God will never give you more than you can handle. And whenever somebody says that to me, I just want to say, will you please shut up? (laughs) Will you shut up? That's literally the opposite of what the Bible says. Watch this. Look, Look, it said, we were under great pressure far what? Far beyond our ability to endure. That's literally the opposite of what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says that God will give you more than you can handle so that you're forced to depend on him. Guys, can I just say something to you? God may give you a pain you can't endure so that you have to depend on his strength like Job. He may allow a struggle you can't conquer in your life so you have to depend on the sufficiency of his grace like Paul. He may call you to something greater than your ability so that you have to depend on his power like Moses. He may allow a relational pain in your life that you just can't take so that you have to depend on his love like David. He may allow a season of sadness in your life so that you have to depend on the joy of the Lord as your strength like Nehemiah. And why will he do this? Here's why. Because you will never realize God is all you need until God is all you have. See, God will do this. He'll use pain. That's right. He'll use pain to teach you to rely on him. Man, you know, everybody does it. Everybody likes to talk about mountaintop experiences that they have with God. And that's where they learned a lot about God, his mountaintop experience. Can I be honest? I've learned way more about God at rock bottom than I have from any mountaintop experience. Man, in the words of Tony Evans, sometimes God lets you hit rock bottom so that you discover he's the rock at the bottom. Now that's what God does. In fact, can I just, let me give you a visual illustration. So visual is, man, guys, sometimes God, will allow you to get knocked flat on your back so that you're finally looking in the right direction. You see, God will use pain to teach you to rely on him. When I I first became a Christian, one of the first passages I ever memorized, James chapter one, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith will develop perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, when you hear that, it says, consider it pure joy. It's not saying like, Man, every time you feel pain, be like, this is awesome. I'm so happy I'm experiencing pain. We're not sadists. That's not, the joy doesn't come from focusing on the pain. 
The joy comes from focusing on the guaranteed outcome of the pain. See, this is what God is doing. And so in the words, one of my greatest, one of the greatest quotes in all of human history to me from a preacher named Charles Spurgeon, he just said, I have learned to kiss the wave that cast me against the rock of ages. God will use every wave in your life to draw you to dependence on him. That's purpose number one, to teach you to depend on God. Now here's purpose number two. God will use pain in your life to give you a ministry. He'll use pain in your life to give you a ministry. Now, if that doesn't make any sense, I hope this is the eye-opening spot in the message. So, So let me explain this real quick. Here's what I've noticed is that everybody wants God's purposes in their life. I wanna be used by God. I wanna have a calling. I wanna fulfill my purpose. Everybody wants God's purposes. What I've noticed is that nobody wants God's process to deliver those purposes because God's process to deliver those purposes is he uses pain. Uh, So let me illustrate this. Arguably the most powerful sermon I have ever listened to was delivered into a room of five or 6,000 aspiring pastors and and current pastors at a ministry conference. It was one of those things where like, when I listened to this sermon, I felt like a prophet has just been in our midst. And here's what happened. This man, he walked out onto a stage in this room with thousands of pastors. And he began his talk like this. He said, do you want to be used by God? And everyone in the room, they were all hyped from the conference and stuff. And they were like, yeah, you know. And then he like upped his volume and he said, do you want to be used by God? And the room upped their volume with him. And they were like, yeah, you know, they started applauding. And yeah, we're in. And then he did it one more time and he said, do you want to be used greatly by God? And the place just went nuts, standing ovation. Everybody's clapping and cheering. And then he waited for a silence and he said, that you must first be wounded deeply because those God uses greatly, he first wounds deeply. And the room sounded just like that. Nobody said anything. Do you know why? Because God uses pain to give you a ministry and you can't have a powerful ministry without having some misery. If, you're not, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I want to show you this in the Bible. Look at what Paul says in this passage. Check, check out how he says it. He says, the God of all comfort comforts us in all our troubles, say it, so that, you go, oh, oh. So, so here's why God allows and then comforts you in your troubles. Here's why. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. Let let me restate that verse. Here's why that's true. Here's why. Because going through it is what uniquely qualifies you to speak to it. That's how that works. Now, going through it is what uniquely qualifies you to speak to it. Now, can I say something? Give you a little warning. The opposite, the opposite is also true. If you haven't gone through it, you might not be uniquely qualified to speak to it. Okay? Uh, if you are not a parent, the, the parents do not need your two cents on how they should parent their kids. Uh, you, you have, somebody's applauding over there. They felt, somebody felt that. You, you, see, if you, you see, it's going through it. That uniquely, I remember when uh, before Jan and I had kids, Jan and I are newly married or I'm in college and I remember seeing other people's kids in public and thinking to myself, when I have kids, they'll never act like that in public. 
I think God, you know, heard me say that and he went, huh. <laughs> there we go. I got a kid I'm going to create named Hudson Riley. And, you know, there we go, man. You know, you, you see you know, how that was, it's like the man in the grocery store that um, his little toddler just started throwing a fit at the checkout counter in front of everybody, screaming and crying and tearing stuff off the shelves and throwing it on the floor and arching his back. I hate it when they do that. And, do, you know, all that stuff. And uh, the man just very gently and quietly, he just knelt down and uh, he began to whisper, it's okay, Albert. It's going to be okay, Albert. Calm your little spirit, Albert. Everything's going to be fine, Albert. And as he did that, there was a woman that walked by, and she was so touched by his gentleness that she just said, Sir, I am so encouraged by your gentleness to your little toddler, Albert. And the man said, Ma'am, I'm Albert. You see that? You see that? Y'all understand? Y'all understand how that works, is it? But you, you, you got to go through it. You got to go through it. And it's when you go through it, that qualifies you. Can I put on my pastor hat for a second real quick here? Like, so for instance, if you're like a young, struggling, tired, discouraged parent, do you know who you need? Now, let me actually do this. Do you know who you don't need? If you're, a, if you're like a 25-year-old, young, tired, discouraged parent, guess who you don't need? You don't need help from other 25-year-old, young, tired, discouraged parents. Just to be, I'm going to say something. Just Let me just gently just kind of say it to you because very often that's shared ignorance. <laughs> do, you know what you need? do you know what you need if you're a young, tired, discouraged parent? You need some ministry for, from somebody whose age starts with a five, six, seven, or eight that's been through it. And because they've been through it, they're qualified to speak to it. See, that, that's the person... Uh, that, that you need. And this is how it always works. Going through it qualifies you to speak through. If at all of our campuses, if you go out into our kids ministry, do you know who our best kids ministry volunteers are? The most anointed ones? They're the ones who they look back at their childhood and they're like, man, when I was a kid, I didn't have a spiritual family and that wreaked some havoc on my life. And so now I'm gonna make sure that the kids in this spiritual family, they have what I didn't have as a kid. I'm gonna be in there. I'm gonna pour out my life for the next generation of Lake Point Church. And they're the, they're the best and we appreciate them. Do you know who the best volunteers are in our student ministries? They're people who went through middle school and high school and they made mistakes and they felt lonely and they were depressed and, and they sinned some sins and they look back and they're like, man, if I'd have just had an older godly adult that was pouring into my life, I could have avoided a lot of pain. And now every week they're over there in our student ministry and they're going, hey, I'm gonna make sure the next generation doesn't have to experience what I experienced. I'm in here, I went through it. And so now I'm qualified to speak through it. Thank you, God. You say, and now, uh, do we got any, uh, here's one of my favorites. Uh, do we got any regen folks in the room? We got any regen folks? Come on, regen, man. Now, regen, I just want to clear something up. Sometimes people think at Lake Point, oh, regen is for those messed up addicts. Our recovery ministry. Can I just say, guys, regen isn't for, quote, those messed up addicts. Regen is for broken people, and everybody's a broken person. It's for everybody, okay? In fact, I'll just say this. There, there's a little hope in me that at some point, everybody in our church, one time at least, goes through Regen. Now, now listen, there are a lot of people who have gotten freedom from their addictions in Regen. Guess who our best leaders at Regen are? It's somebody, that's awesome. Somebody shouted out a name. No, no, here's who it is. It's people that got, all right, that's enough. That's enough. Let me preach here, bro, okay? 
Here's who the best leaders in region are. They're people that God got them out of that pit. And instead of them going, okay, now I'm just going to enjoy my life, they turned around and they went, no, no, God got me out so that I can get the next person out of the pit and the next person out of that pit and the next person out of that pit. And I'm going to make sure that what I went through, God uses as a ministry. Why? Because God will turn your misery into ministry. There's a lot of people who they spend their whole life and they're going, what's my calling? What's my calling? God, what's my purpose in life? You want to know what your purpose is in life? Look at your pain. Look at your pain because your greatest ministry will come from your deepest misery. Going through it and being comforted and redeemed by God in the midst of those things is what qualifies you for future ministry. Now, you may be going, Josh, you know, what, what are you saying? I got to land a plane here. Josh, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. Sometimes God does something in the fire instead of delivering you from the fire, and it's worth it. Uh, one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, it's about three young teenage boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, And they stood faithfully for their God and their generation in the midst of a hostile culture to their faith. And they experienced some pain. In fact, the king, a king named Nebuchadnezzar, decided to kill them. And he sentenced them to death. And they were going to be burned alive. And he actually ordered the fire uh, heated seven times hotter than normal. And he bound them with binds on their hands and their feet. The fire was so hot that when his servants began to throw the young men into the fire, the servants were consumed by the fire just from proximity to the fire. But as they threw those three young men into the fire, what they said is they asked that God would deliver them from the fire, but they said, but even if not, even if God doesn't deliver us from this fire, we know that he is surely able to accomplish his purposes. As Nebuchadnezzar threw those three young men into the fire, they got in and he stood there and he watched and he didn't see them begin to burn. And then something dawned on him. He turned to one of his servants and he said, hey, didn't we throw three guys into that fire? And they said, yeah. And he said, wait, But I see a fourth, and the fourth person in the fire has an appearance as one like a son of man. And it was Jesus, it was God himself with those young men in the fire. And as long as God was with them, they were in the fire, but the fire did not consume them. In fact, the only thing that burned wasn't the boys, it was the, ba- it was the binds that had kept them bound and enslaved them. And when they came out, the Bible says, not a hair on their head even smelled of the singe. Now, now listen, sometimes God, instead of delivering you from the fire, he'll be with you in the fire. Man, if you've been around Lake Point for a little while, for a couple years, uh, we, we went through something together. About a year after I got here, uh, I had a season where I started experiencing some very severe uh, anxiety attacks before and during my preaching. In fact, if you go back to our YouTube channel and you go back far enough, there are two sermons where I sit on a stool right here. I never get up from the stool one time. I read from a little notebook. They're 21-minute sermons because that's all I could do. And some of you are like, can you go back to that, bro? That'd be great. That, that's all I could do. I just sat there and I read a 21-minute sermon and I was sucking on a mint to distract myself from the anxiety attacks that I was trying to fight off. And I, during that time, I pleaded, I pleaded, I fasted, I prayed, pleaded for God to take away that pain, but he didn't. And because those anxiety attacks were happening before and during my preaching, what I genuinely thought is, God, like, are you, are you like, are you like taking away my ministry? Are you going to take away a ministry from me? I'm never going to be able to preach again. 
It's one of the only times that I feel like I've genuinely gotten like a prophetic word directly to me from the Holy Spirit. And during that season, what I felt like the Spirit said to me was, no, no, I'm not taking a ministry. I'm giving you one. And guys, that pain did not immediately go away. In fact, it lasted eight months and it was two full years before I was back to 100%. But on the back end of it, two amazing things happened. I don't know why. Number one, Ever since the end of that season, I've had almost no fear or anxiety around pre less than I ever had before. And there's a joy that I have teaching God's word that I never had before that season. And then number two, there's a very, it's almost like a weird ministry that God gave me where now I've got this, this almost like a secret ministry where pastors reach out to me from all over the country who they are experiencing anxiety attacks and I have a chance to minister to them with the comfort that God comforted me with as I was walking through the fire. Guys, do you see what happened? Is that it, man? Do you see what happened? Is it, man, the fire didn't consume me. God was with me in the fire and the only thing that burned were the things that had me bound. He used it to free me. Now, here's what I'm driving at, man. You got to understand this. Here's how this is going to work, man. Sometimes God doesn't save you from the fire. Sometimes he saves you through the fire, and the knowledge you gain from him in the fire is better than being delivered from it. Man, if you're going through a season of pain right now, can I just say something to you? Listen to me, man. There is a reason for this season in your life. There is a purpose in your pain. Blessing will come from this breaking that is happening in your life. And let me just say it to you in a straightforward way. Here's what God's doing. Your mess is gonna become your ministry. Your trial will become your testimony and your pain will become your platform. God will transform your deepest misery into your greatest ministry for the glory of God and the good of people. He's gonna do that in your life. That's it, man. That's it. He will turn it into ministry. Now, Here's what we're getting ready to do at all of our campuses, Lake Point Church. I'm gonna ask you right now to go ahead and stand. Everybody stand up because we're really getting ready to like see this sermon as a visual representation. All of our campuses, we're getting ready to baptize like y'all dozens and dozens and dozens of people. And you just need to know this. These are not people that are saying, my life has had no mess. They're not saying my life has had no pain. They're not saying my life has had no sins. They're not saying that they're good people. These people are saying, I'm a forgiven person. That's what they're saying. And we're gonna celebrate that with them in baptism. So I wanna say two things. One, if you're one of the people being baptized in any of our services, you can start moving right now uh, to the locations where you need to be because we're gonna celebrate with you. So that, that's your job. Now, I wanna talk to two categories of people real quick. All right, number one, some of you are here. We have had people in all of our services. Some of you are here. We're like, the Lord is like stirring on your heart right now. And you are realizing that it's time for you to like cross a line of faith. And uh, you have never been baptized. Listen, real close. Subsequent to your uh, placing your faith in Jesus in a life-changing way. And I just want to say to you, like, that's the first thing he asks you to do. And so if you're realizing that you need to be baptized in obedience to Jesus, like, we want you to do that today. Now, you may be going, bro, there is no way I can do that. Like, man, I came in my church club. We got clothes for you. We, we got, you know, we, we got t-shirts. We got shorts. They're black. And we got every single size. Oh, that's great. But, but Josh, what about my underwear? We got underwear for you. <laughs> I've heard we got everything. 
We, we got them in all sizes. We, you, we, we are ready. You're like, okay, well, you got clothes. You got under, undergarments. That's great. I didn't bring it. We got towels. Well, we got literally, literally, you may be going, oh, yeah, man, Josh, but man, my, I'm here with my family and they're not going to want, it's going to be, I'll take 15 minutes to get over here before the end of the service, that kind of thing. I, my family's not going to want to, you know, wait for me while I'm doing this thing. Hey, Lake Point Church, can we show these people, your family is going to be happy that you took a step to follow Christ in your life. We're going to celebrate with you. That's going to be awesome. Man. We, we want to see that. And so if that's you, listen, if that's you and you're realizing like right now, I want to obey my Lord, okay, in baptism. Um, if you're at this campus at Rockwall, I want you to head underneath one of the crosses to my right and to my left. If you're at any of our other locations, just head straight out into the lobby. People are waiting for you. We got changing stations, all that. You can start moving like right now as our songs begin. That'd be awesome. And then, hey, Lake Point Church, all of our campuses, the first thing these people hear as they come out of the water ought to be the shouts of celebration from their church family, man. Come on. So let's celebrate together in baptism and worship. Run for cover But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power
Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital.